Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, looking at a remarkable idea, an idea that has intrigued and attracted and literally thrilled thousands upon thousands of men, women, and children. And you, my friends, are about to witness this idea become a reality, for this is the story of the miracle sea in the desert. Michael Deacon, Michael, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon. Deacon, if you're going to have a Michael on, that is low. Oh, shit. That is hitting, that bu- hitting below the belt. And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day. Reporting to you all the way from the wastelands of California. Deep inside a boiler room. My name is Michael. The pleasure is all yours. This is a very different kind of show. A place where you don't feel so alone. No matter what you do choose to believe, we absolutely admire you for your curiosity. Tonight, we welcome some new blood. Mr. Alkaline City joins us this evening. He is a fellow truth seeker. He's been quite excited to join us here this evening, and he's finally here live and direct, and we will be talking about everything under the sun. You two are invited to join in. Be patient. You'll see the number on your screen. All I ask of you, if you may please do so, is turn down your listening device before you make that call. That would really help all of us here. Tremendously, or else you'll hear something like an echo, and that is not good. Not good at all. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Surprise, surprise, I hope you're feeling good tonight. We've got various dark matters to dissect. For those who are new, and for those who missed out, I recommend listening to that last episode with Marshall Masters. He joined us, and we went over all sorts of the latest musings, and we took some of your calls. I hope you heard some of that. And again, thank you so much for those emails. It's always nice to hear from all of you out there. Make sure to drop me a line over at michaeldeacon.com or via Twitter, at Michael Deacon. Now, without further ado, let's get down to business and bring in the guest, who is patiently waiting now, and yes, I apologize to him greatly. How are you, my friend? 
Pretty good. Uh, thank you for having me, Michael. It's an honor to be here. It's definitely my pleasure. Very nice. I'm glad you're here. We have all sorts of things to jump into. Yes, sir. It's crazy. And you emailed me right, right at the. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh. one way. Uh, you said I emailed you. At, yes, at the right time. I thought you were gonna finish my sentence for me there. I was waiting for you to take the cue. Yeah, I apologize. That's okay. We're, we have a little bit of a delay here. I noticed, but don't worry. The internet will fix itself, and that's one of the issues I've been experiencing here with uh, the internet and the heat. For those that don't know, I'm actually stuck out here in Southern California in what I like to call the wastelands. Very hot. The internet has been down, and there was some digital clipping going on uh, a long time ago here, even before we started with the show. Oh, that's nice. Um, Yeah, and I'm over here in the gloomy weathers of the Washington, D.C. area. Very gloomy, very rainy, it's muggy outside, it's dark weather, very dark. Right. And I did want to ask you, how the hell did you find this show? It's very difficult to find this program. We are like in a uh, dark corner in the interwebs. Yeah. Um, well, me being a um, critical thinking truth seeker that I am, um, I get into, uh, you know, just researching, you know, every aspect of of just, you know, from, you know, the common reality to the most deepest conspiracy. And um, my algorithms are just set to, you know, anything that has to do with, you know, categories that I research, which are pretty much any and everything. So um, one day I think I was, it was on, it was one of the, a radio show. Let me, let me see um, which one I think it's called. I'm quite sure it was like uh, My Tuner Radio. And there, there's a, um, well, there, it, it just consists of a lot of different stations and you can go, I, I guess there's a uh, area where they have conspiracy talks and stuff like that. And I guess they play different radio shows on there. And, um, I guess one of your shows was, was just, um, was just playing that evening. I don't know how they got your show. Um, and I just clicked onto your show and I was just really amazed at the topics that were being talked about. A lot of it was pretty much, in retro to a lot of the stuff that I speak on my channel and that I've been um, speaking, you know, and promoting for, for years. So I was very intrigued. Um, there was a lot of different um, um, shows that were listed as well that you could just click on. Um, this was like of just all, all of your programs. Like I could click on like all of your past tense shows and I started clicking on a few more and getting a little more in depth to your, your show. And I was like, you, it reminded me of um, Walter Cronkite mixed with um, William Cooper. Wow. Yeah. That's a good so, comparison right there. Wow. I've never heard that before. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I said, um, Michael Deacon, he has, there's, there's just a, a way about you. And um, I was like, this is a show that I would definitely love to come and, you know, share to the public, you know, a lot of my, my knowledge and, and, you know, my research and my teachings as well. So that was pretty much, you know, how, you know, me and you, you know, well, that guy, that gave me the awe to want to, you know, pursue trying to, um, you know, get in, get into, um, talkings with you. And it just so happened that, um, yeah, you touched back with me. We've collaborated and here we are today. Very nice. And what exactly was it that got you started, uh, doing all these, uh, the, the, well, the YouTube channel and you getting involved so deeply as you have over the years. I believe it started with something like 9-11, correct? 
started about that time, about about nine eleven. Um, there was a. I used to live in in New York City in downtown Brooklyn, and um, I knew a lot of of people that were of the Islamic nation that were Muslim, and a lot of people that were of the five percent nation. They call they're considered five percenters, and they were. There was one specific five percenter that was a friend of mine, and. He was not black. Um, you know, he was it wasn't African American. He was a Muslim. This was a white Italian kid. He was Italian, and he would always come and preach to me. A white Italian. A white, a white Italian. Nice. That's he was. Love that. A white, a white Italian, and he was he was a, of the Muslim nation. He was a he converted. He, he was oh, a he converted. Yeah, he was of the five percent nation, and I believe um, he w- he had he had did some time in jail. Um, and he was in Rikers Island and he was in a few different facilities and that's what got him into the 5% nation. So, um, he started doing a lot, a lot of research and he was the one who, um, put me onto William Cooper and told me about Behold the Pale Horse. And he would always give me these predictions and stuff like that. He told me there was going to be a terror attack prior to 9-11. He said that they were going to, um, he said, he said that the government was going to hold something and they were going to, one of our major, uh, um, um, emphasis in New York City, like, uh, like, uh, uh, Yankee Stadium or like a Madison Square Garden or a Statue of Liberty or like, uh, um, an Empire State Building or a Twin Tower. He mentioned that there was going to be something, um, you know, detrimental to one of those areas. There was going to be, you know, a big attack. And he had, a, he explained to me quite a, a bit of things that came into fruition. He told me that we were going to have a black president that was going to be Muslim. And I told him that was crazy. I said, the government would never let, you know, as racist as the government is, they would never let a black man become a president. And, and this was after 9-11. Cause he, cause when 9-11 happened, occurred, he told me, you see, I told you something was going to happen. And he said, listen to what I'm telling you. There's going to be a black president and he's going to be a Muslim. And I said, listen, now you're crazy. You know, I was like, um, a black president, you got to think about it. This is a, this is a, a, a racist, you know, um, um, government, you know, 1% elite, you know, organization, conglomerate organization, and they're going to allow, um, we just, we've just been attacked by so-called Al-Qaeda. Right. Now they're going to, they're going to allow not only this black man to be president, but he's going to be a Muslim as well. I said, that is definitely not going to happen. You know, you're out of your mind. So he was just like, do me a favor, you know, read the Behold the Pale Horse, so forth and so on. He said, and a lot of this stuff is listed into the Revelation. So I was like, the Revelation? Yeah, he was like, yes, the last chapter in the Bible. So it kind of got me into dibbling, dabbling, dabbling into the Bible. I started reading it from the front to the back, from the Old Testament to the New, from the book of Genesis to the Revelation. So you got into um, religion due to this? Not in religion. What I started doing was I started... um separating religion because i basically um i had family i was i grew up as a christian but i have family that were catholic i have family that were pentecostal um um i knew people that were mormon i knew people that were baptist i knew people that were catholic you know every i knew people that were jewish every i knew people that were muslim every religion everybody claimed they had the best religion so at the time i started exploring religions i went to a pentecostal church out in there for a minute, a few times, went to a Catholic church, went to a Muslim mosque, you know, one of my friends, his parents, uh, they were, um, they were, uh, custodians at our synagogue. 
So we would creep into the synagogue. They had like secret entrances where you can go during their 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 um their their times of 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 teachings. We would go and and see what the what, what they were preaching in the synagogues. You right. Know? So you Even don't the, you don't discriminate. In other words, you get along with everyone. Right. Yeah, there was okay. no discrimination. It was this was just um seeking. This was me trying to find out who was actually telling the truth. Everybody saying my religion is the best, mine's is this and mine's is that, you know. So this was just a way for me just to investigate on my own. As for me to to say, oh, a Catholic is wrong, a Pentecostal is wrong, a Muslim is wrong, or this is wrong. You know, this guy's a radical, this one is not. You know, I couldn't segregate people like that. I wanted to see, you know, are you really pretty much telling the truth about this religion? And when it was all said and done, pretty much every religion was basically, you know, teaching the same, you know. Basically the same shit. Different yeah. sort of connotation, right? Yeah, they were all preaching, you know, the love for their God and, you know, how much, you know, their God is going to come back as a, you know, there will be a Messiah. You know, the the Jews believe their their Messiah was David. You know, uh, Christians and Catholics, we believe our, our Messiah is Jesus, you know, and the Muslims have their Messiah, Allah is their God, you know. So everybody just basically had a Messiah and a religion. That's what I understood. And right. So that that um, led me into saying, you know what, let, let me start doing a little bit more research and a little more readings. So I went and I I started this. No, then about this time was this was during the election when um, the McCain and Obama administration started coming into play. And um, I said, wow, I started really a white Italian friend. I started realizing that a lot of stuff that he was saying was coming into fruition. So I said, he wasn't crazy after all. There's a black Muslim running for president. And I said, if this guy gets elected, oh my God, he told me that this would happen. So this got me to say, you know what? Real, I go back into a lot of the stuff that we spoke about. And he always emphasized to me, you need to read the Behold the Pale Horse. You need to read the Behold the Pale Horse. You need to read William Cooper, Behold the Pale Horse, Behold the Pale Horse. He emphasized it to me so much. And you finally did finally said, you know what, I'm going to open this damn book and I'm going to see what it's about. You know, he had gave me a copy, an original copy, and I had it for years just at my shelf. Just nice. Just co- collecting dust. It's pretty hard to so find, I, by the way. I hope I hope you still have that. It wasn't a hard copy. It was a paperback. Mm. So I, I, I don't mean like an exact original. Ah, you know? yes. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he definitely, he had it like he, he kept um, a lot of, uh, he kept the Quran. He kept uh, Behold the Pell Horse with him. Interesting. So one day he just yeah, one day he just gave me one of his copies was like here you need to take this home and read it. and I he's like please tell me you'll read it he was like I was like I will get to it don't worry I will get to it so I, I feel that we need to backtrack a little bit here uh, before we did the show you detailed the story a firsthand a story of your experience near the uh, World Trade Center yes tell yes. tell tell the listeners about that so during nine eleven I was about twenty twenty one years old um. 9-11, Ground Zero, it's downtown Manhattan. Um, for everybody that knows, that's that's considered the city hall area. That's Wall Street is right there. Um, I used to actually, I was working with a stock market market firm at the time. You know, doing, I was, I was, uh, I was a stock market trainee trying to do broker trainees. And it was just like the movie Wolf on Wall Street. One day I went into my office and, you know, I had to collect three weeks of a paycheck. It was me and a few of my employees. We walked in the building and we looked around and we were like, where's the office? 
And we, we were like, wait a minute. I think we, we were just, you know, we were confused. We walked into the wrong building. We walked out the building. Then we re-entered the building. We were like, no, this is the same exact building. Where's the office? We went, there was just a guy, you know, janitizing, you know, vacuuming the and cleaning up the whole area. And we're like, wait a minute, this is the office, but where's all the cubicles? Where's everything? It was completely wiped out. It was done. So I, yeah, I was um, a person that stood in the World Trade Center area very seldomly, right across the street from the Twin Towers. There was a Century 21, which at the time was one of my favorite department stores. So I used to do a lot of shopping. It was directly across from the World Trade Center. So um, when I was younger, my mom, she used to always take us you know, on trips to the World Trade. We would go to the top of the Twin Tower. We would um, look out the periscopes. They have periscopes on the top of the Twin Tower. So I remember, you know, always putting, you know, 10 cents. I was, I believe it was 10 cents at the time to use a periscope, putting the, you know, get it, asking my mom for a dime, you know, and getting as many dimes as I can just to, you know, keep, you know, turning the t- periscope on just to look at the Statue of Liberty. Right. You could, you, you could see the Twin Towers. You could see the whole Hudson River. Uh, you can see from downtown Manhattan all the way to 34th Street Empire State Building. It was just beautiful. It was just a, an amazing sight. If you were on this, if you was a person who ever experienced going into the Twin Towers and you knew the dynamic of the structure. See, I got into carpentry years down the line. Um, one of my friends was a white Italian. You know, um, I grew up in a very, um, one half of my neighborhood was, was black and, um, um, Spanish. Right. It was Port, it was Puerto Rican and black. And then the other, um, half of my neighborhood was Italian. So, um, one of my friends, um, his dad owned a, a, a major construction company and would just build, you know, a lot of high-rise units and a lot of skyscrapers from the ground up. So he taught us from, you know, he grabbed us from when we were like, you know, 15 on, you know, just let us work, you know, little, um, you know, side work with him uh, right. here or there. Yeah. So I got into the carpentry field that way. And I knew from just being on these job sites and know, knowing how a, a building is being built from the foundation to the the, the beginning structures of the I-beams that go into the building. Because in New York City, a lot of places like um, like the D.C., Washington area, uh, Maryland and Virginia, this is called the the, the, the DMV area, D, D meaning D.C., M meaning Maryland, V meaning Virginia. That's that's what the area I live in is considered because it's all bordered together. It's all, I can go 15 minutes here, I'm in D.C., 10 minutes here, I'm in Virginia, 10 minutes here, I'm in Maryland. So... The housing over here, the units, unless if it's city exactly into the district, in the city area of the district, um, those areas are more commercial buildings are more I beams, you know. So a lot of the, but a lot of the regular residential housing are, are wood beams. So, you know, the joists are made of wood. So the I beams are, are the metal structure, the metal framing for the building. So in New York City, a lot of the buildings are, are, are metal structures, metal I beams. Just in case any cataclysmic, apocalyptic events, you know, these buildings will still remain standing no matter, you know, the, the, the scenario, you know, you know, the Alpha Omega, the doomsday, you know, the Empire State, the Empire State Building, the Twin Towers will still remain standing. Right. And I've been, I've been in there so much that I, I knew you could see the skeletal of the structure from the outside to the inside and how thick these I beams were and this structure of this building was was just it would have you in awe if you were 
like in the architectural field or, you know, you were in the, the building trade field and, you know, the carpentry field and you were just, you know, a person that, you know, was a builder at a time. You were really into the World Trade Center. I, I, I could feel that you were very, very emotional and broken up that day. Emotional wasn't the word. I had a friend. This is how um, devastating it was to me, right? I had a friend, um, their mom worked in, in the World Trade Center. She she worked in one of the floors. She worked, I believe, between the ninth floor and the 27th floor, right? Now, the World Trade Center was basically um, all elevator access. There, between the ninth floor and the 27th floor, well, you can take the stairs. There was an emergency stair um, access, but um, one one time when I was young, me and my friends, we were like, yeah, we're going to climb the whole stairs. It took us about 45 minutes to get to the top. Wow. You know, it's a long time. Yeah. yeah. And it was a lot of stairs and, you know, we were, we were tired. Our legs were hurting, but we were like, no, we were going to do it. You know, we, that, that was, we, we did the, uh, the Statue of Liberty. You know, we, we did the twin, we did the Empire State Building. You know, all these tall megalith buildings we were, and structures, we were like, you know, we're going to stare it up one day, you know, and we've done it. So in the Twin Towers, between the, I, I believe it's the, the 10th floor to the 26th floor. Or, or it might be the ninth through the twenty seventh. Like if you took the stairs up from the first floor, once it would hit the ninth floor, um, or it would hit the eighth floor, it would bypass the ninth floor all the way to the twenty eighth floor. So floors between nine and twenty seven were elevator access. So during the the first, so any building, any building in general, if there's a um a, an emergency evacuation on a building. And if the bur- a building is rigged with a fire fire evacuation emergency system, what happens is as soon as this system detects a, a, a fire evacuation emergency, the elevator shut down. What happens when the elevator system shuts down? They go from whatever level they are on completely to the ground level. So they come to a complete shutdown. They go from whatever level they, 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 they de- de-elevate down to whatever level, whatever ground level it can go, and it comes to a, a, a shutdown. Same thing happened in the Twin Towers. As soon as um, the first uh, emergency um, evacuation mechanism went off in their alarm system, the elevators went right to the first floor. Access between 9 and 27 was only through elevators. So any there was no staircases built. So anyone who was try, who was working at that time during that that emergency fire evacuation system shutdown between the ninth and the twenty seventh floor were trapped. They were guinea pigs. These were the people that you were seeing on the news jumping out of the 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 building from the twin towers. Oh shit! Really? Those were the the, the bodies that were flying. They thought that you know what? If there was a god possibility, rather than them uh, uh, um, burning to death, their instinct was to jump. They had no stair stairwell access to to leave out of this building. They were guinea pigs. They were trapped. They were this was this was a a squirrel in a squirrel trap. This was a mouse in a mouse trap. You know, this was a a, a inmate in a in a isolation and you know in, in the jail, locked down, nowhere to go but out of a window. People were just you know not only people were jumping off of you know instinct. It was just because. The, they couldn't take the burn, you know. They were closer to the window. The air felt felt more natural, you know. 
they didn't want to disintegrate. Yeah, that's what, stand, that's what stands out the most to me about that morning of that Super Tuesday, what I like to refer to as, you know, seeing those people out there uh, jumping to their death sticks out. Sticks out. Um, sticks out is not is, is, is a good way to put out, but... It just stays in your mind. In other it, words, it's embedded it, in my mind. Yeah, exactly. That's the more uh, uh, um, better uh, um, description. Type yeah, description of I the word. You. you know, the better enunciation embedded. Because yeah, it stuck out that day. But for people who were who were witnesses and stuff like that, that stuff is a memory that you can get rid of. Oh, of course you know? not. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. That's that was brutal. Yeah, so we can go back into um, now where I stood that that morning. Right, I was working on Thirty Seventh Street. Between Second and Third Avenue, this is literally you can say less than two miles. About let's say about a mile, a mile and a half from Ground Zero. Two miles, if that. Two miles, if that. So um, that morning, um, I went to one of my job sites. Uh, we were supposed to had been there um, 9 a.m. I normally show up between 8:30, 8:45. Um, I'm, I'm getting off the A train at the time. Um, the A train was was is one of one of my uh, was one of my local trains A train C train um would take you to to 34th Street well that's that's actually the stop I would get off 34th Street um and pretty much down it's near the Macy's what they call that um Harold Square so uh get off 34th Street Harold Square you know take a nice little small walk down to 37th Street walk down a few avenues um during that morning on my way to the job site. You know, stopped to get a coffee. The the coffee uh, truck wasn't there. I said, you know what? I'm before I run a little bit late. Let me just, you know, I've been late quite. I was late quite a bit that week. I was like, you know what? Let me just keep on walking and let me get to the job site before I have any situations with with the boss. You know, um, I get to the job site, no one is there. I'm like, you know what? Wow, this is strange. Normally, it's like about ten to fifteen guys here already. I'm like, nobody's here. I'm like, wow. I felt good about myself. I said, wow, I'm super early. You know, my boss can't tell me nothing today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm not getting in trouble today. That's There's going to be a lot of people in trouble, but it's not going to be me. I, my job lives another day. So I, I was, I was happy. I was feeling good. Um, so I start, I start working, you know, I start setting up my tools. I started a little of the job site. I believe I was putting down some wood flooring at the time. Um, so it's, it's like going into like, uh, you know, 30 to 40 minutes past time. 9.15 was my coffee break. So 9.15 comes. I'm like, no one is still here. Let me give it another five more minutes. I'm like, I don't want to lock up and somebody walks in and they don't have a way to get in. Because I had uh, my my boss would give a few of the workers a lock to get in, a key to get in, and you would open up for the other employees. I was like, you know what? Nobody's here. And just in case, let me just hang out a little bit more. No one came. I was like, you know, I'm going to go get my coffee. So I went to the Middle Eastern coffee stand down the street. Looks like a little hot dog stand, but they sell like donuts and coffee and bagels and stuff like that. Um, this guy was there every day for the past three months. I've been on a job site. So the coffee guy in the morning, which I normally, if I'm if I, if I'm early enough to get a coffee from him, was the guy I stop at. He wasn't there. So then when I go down to the next coffee stand during my coffee break, my guy's not there, and I'm like, now this is strange. Two coffee guys not here today. I'm like, are, are the coffee trucks on a strike or something like that? I said, you know what? Let me get down to the next coffee stand. I'm like, you know what? I had I had three other backup coffee stands. You know, no worries. So um, I'm heading over to the next one. I see this guy, very very black. I was like, you know, one of the blackest people I've ever saw in my life. 
I was like, he, this was either a, a really dirty homeless guy or this was a really, really black guy, you know? So in other words, you uh, thought you, you saw a black guy and you thought he was doing like blackface. Like, yeah, it was, it was like blackface black. I was right. Like, you know? So, so, but I didn't think it was blackface. I thought it was either a dirty homeless guy <laughs> yes. and, and, and he was, he was so black. Like, you know what I mean? That I didn't think a homeless guy would really be that black. So I right. thought maybe he was a, just a, a, a dark African American. Uh, now, or I just thought maybe he was, you know, not a dirty homeless guy. It was just a really, really dark African American, which I, I wasn't used to seeing. He's a mechanic. A mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because, I, because I work in New York City and I live in New York City and, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. I come from the Spanish community. Right. You know, um, I live, I, I, I grew up in the, the, the African American community. So I see black people all day, every day. And this was, this guy was beyond black. And, and I could just, hear him saying in my head to this day, the world is ending. The world is ending. The world is ending. The world is ending. I'm like, this guy is nuts. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this guy's a, it's just like a, so I figured, you know what? This guy was just a, a homeless guy, you know, really dirty on drugs, hallucinating. Just another day in New York, right? Another day in New York. Right, right. right. Then, then I see, um, these two African-American women start, I'm passing by, uh, the one and two train. I'm, I'm going a little bit more, down the avenues towards First Avenue to to the next coffee stand that I would believe you know is it would definitely be there because this guy doesn't miss a day of coffee selling. So these two African American women they they start um, exiting the train station and I hear one say um, she goes she goes she goes to the other one. Did you know a, a helicopter just smashed into the twin tower this morning? And and the other one goes it was a twin tower and a seven forty seven. And she said, and, and, and the tower collapsed. And, and then the other one goes, she goes, yeah, she goes, I heard that. It just completely fell. And, you know, that is crazy. This is a terror attack. But they're saying it so calmly. Like, they're not in fear. And they're like, yeah, they said uh, um, Saddam Hussein or bin Laden had something to do with this. And I'm like, do you hear what these women are saying? I'm like, I got a, 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 a psychopath. Nobody showing up to work. There's no coffee trucks. I got a psychopath. You know, screaming, the world is ending. You know, two ladies are saying a helicopter or airplane hit the Twin Towers. I'm like, that? Yeah, maybe something like that happened. I could believe that. But now, one is saying that the building collapsed. I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm like, this morning is turning out to be a real joke. Right. So I get to the coffee stand, and there's, like, the coffee stand is gone. I said, you know what? I'm not chasing coffee stands around. I'm going to go to the, the, the nearest, like, it was a... um. Sort of like a a a, a breakfast uh, uh, a boutique where they have you know they're a little bit more expensive so we normally don't get coffee there. Man, you really you know? wanted that fucking coffee. Yeah, I really want. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was a I was yeah. a coffee addict at the time. God damn, I was. Yeah, this proves that how 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 much of a drug it was. You know, I was like I needed I to me that was like that was that was my morning high. Yeah, you were more concerned with a coffee than anything. Than, I yeah, needed that, I needed that caffeine. Holy I was like, shit. <laughs> I need, I need this car, man. I need it ASAP immediately. Well, now, so, well, now I, I can't even, I can't hear the rest of the story unless I know for sure that you got that fucking cup of coffee. So we go to the coffee boutique. <laughs> yes. Like, this is the more expensive coffee. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shell out the dollars. This has been a crazy morning. I was the only one on the job site working. The boss hasn't even showed up. I've done production. I deserve a cup of coffee. <laughs> So um, I start I start headed to the the coffee boutique. Now I see one of the managers shutting it down, closing down the gate. So I'm running up to him. I'm like, "Hey, bro! I'm like, what's up, man? 
like, what are you shutting down for? There's no coffee stands nowhere. He's like, get out of the city. Get out of here. We're under attack. We're under a terror attack. He was like, he was like, um, he was like, the Al Qaeda's bombing us right now. I'm like, what? He's like, get out, get out. All of a sudden, I get an, I get, uh, I get a, um, uh, uh, a text message from, from my, and this was the old Sprint phones. This wasn't even a smartphone at the time. Like you had a, when you had a text, you had to go through a one and the one had said ABC and you had to hit it three times to get a C. Yeah, the old school days. The super old school days. So I got the text message on the Sprint flip phone from my, from my boss. And he's like, he's, he's, he's like, um, where are you? I need you to get out of there immediately. Uh, uh, he's like, where are you? So I go back. It's like taking me like 15 minutes to type it to him. I'm on the job site. Where are you guys? And then he calls my phone. He's like, the phone's ringing. So I pick up because I was calling his phone. and I was getting a busy signal the whole time. He was like, where are you? Where are you? I was like, I'm on the job site. Nobody's here. He's like, we're under attack. He was like, they're bombing us. Get out of there. They're bombing us. I was like, who's bombing? He's like, Al-Qaeda. I was like, oh, this is really serious. He's like, get out, get out, get out as, as soon as you can. So now I'm, now I start coming into realization. I start, you know, focusing on reality now. I'm zooming in my peripherals on everyone in, in, in the vicinity. I, I'm noticing people are black as hell. The sky is turning very black and it's getting smoggy and it's not because of a gloomy day and it's rainy season because it was nice and sunny just a minute ago. And I'm seeing people running and a lot of panicking, a lot of screaming. So now I'm, my, my nerves just shot to the ground. My instinct was start ducking and running. So now I'm thinking that an F-15, a jet fighter, you know, is going to shoot a Patriot missile at me and they're just going to, you know, I'm just ducking, looking into the sky, trying to, oh my God, I'm running to the train station. So were you finally scared at this point? I'm, I'm terrified. I'm, 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 I'm in terror. I could imagine. So my, my, my fear was that, you know, this was a, a red alert, you know, my red alert system was just bing, bing, bing. It was just, just, just binging off. So now, um, I start heading to my train station area. So I get to, to midtown Manhattan. I'm running down, running down. The train is closed. System, the, the subway system is shut down. They put a lock on the gates. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. I'm like, oh, we're under attack. I'm like, I'm still looking in the sky. You know, I'm seeing people run, panicking. The whole city is running. I'm, I mean, literally running. The, the traffic is bumper to bumper because people are running in the streets now. I'm like, I don't know what people are running from. I don't know where missiles are coming from. I didn't see any missiles. Now the black smog is really turning into smoke. So now I'm really going crazy. I finally get to the one or two train downtown Manhattan. They're working. I work my way to the to the A train to my F train stop. Once I get to my stop, um, it's J Street Borough Hall down um, um, New York City, um, downtown Brooklyn. That's the A train. You can transfer over to the F train. So I take the F train, um, you know, down into to my area. My area. Well, as soon as you jump on the F train going more downtown Brooklyn towards Coney Island, the the, the fourth stop comes um, outside the tunnel and it comes above ground. Now. The first outside platform stop is my stop. That was Smith and 9th Street, um, train station, F train, downtown Brooklyn. The stop before that is Cork Street. Cork Street, downtown Brooklyn. Um, that's the in-ground stop. That's the stop. Once you leave out of Cork Street going into Smith and 9th Street, it, it, it comes out of the tunnel and you're above ground. Now, this, this train is facing the whole Hudson River. So you can see the Brooklyn Bridge. You can see the... Well, as soon as you come above ground, you can see the Brooklyn Bridge, you can see the Hudson River, you can see the Statue of Liberty, you can see the whole South Street Seaport, and, and you can see the, which is 
the area of Ground Zero, and Ground Zero is exactly right behind the South Street Seaport, which the South Street Seaport is in front of Wall Street. Wall Street is is in front of Ground Zero. And then right there, from this whole uh, on periphery from Court Street, train station to Smith and 9th Street, that whole view of the Hudson was the exact view that anybody would need to see if they wanted to see what was going on with the Twin Tower at that time. The only thing I saw was a fireball. Just the the size of the Twin Tower, that high, as tall as the Twin Tower was, I saw a big flame of fire, one big fireball. People started tearing. People were crying. Tears were coming down their eyes. This was just, it was a catastrophic, you know, uh, just just the, the, the most um, saddest situation a person could experience in history. Sure. And, and um, you know, when I saw this, just my heart dropped. People started tearing. People started clutching the the, the 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 train poles harder. People that were couples started just clutching each other. It was it was it was it was just one of the worst situations I've ever experienced in my life. As soon as I, as the train came to the station, I shot down the stairs. This was above platform train station. You have to go down um, a few flights of stairs, then an escalator, then another few flights of stairs to get to the outside of the platform. As soon as I get to the outside of the platform, like I said, my area of Brooklyn is on the opposite side of the World Trade Center. It's, it's literally my side of Brooklyn is where the Brooklyn Bridge starts. And once you cross over to the other side, that's ground zero. So we were exactly the opposite end of the Brooklyn Bridge. So once I got out of, out of my stop, out of my station, the whole neighborhood was covered in ash. One foot of ash. Oh, I would say approximately about eight to 10 inches of ash, close to a foot. I would say not exactly a foot of ash, but about eight to ten ish, inches of ash on top of everything. On top of the, at that time there were payphones, so the payphones had about eight to ten inches of ash covering them. Every car in the vicinity, from the hood of the front bumper of the car going up to the hood of the car, to the windshield, to the top um, roof of the car, to the back windshield, down to the the the, the back trunk and to the bumper covered in eight to 10 inches of ash mailboxes covered in eight to 10 inches of ash. The, you know, na- the, the, a uh, few, a lot of the neighborhoods, there's a lot of like brownstone buildings. They have, uh, terraces, you know, fire escapes on the front, the, uh, porches that lead up into the building, you know, all of this covered into t- t- eight to 10 inches of ash. This was one of the most, um, I don't know how to put the word, but the the way to visualize it was one of the worst. It was just it was it was more than terrible. I bet more, more than terrible. Just just the just the visuals and 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 what I was seeing, all everything that would that that I was experiencing. It was just way out of the ordinary, and it was it was it was inhumane. It was it was just the most terrifying, terrible situation I've ever experienced in my life. And it's something that if I do think about it. I relive, I relive, you relive those it in my memory. And you're not yeah, from I, New York, by the way, right? You weren't like, no. yeah, you're not, you were never born in New York, nothing like that. Not even close, right? No, well, because uh, the yeah. the reason why I'm asking is because every time I have this conversation with someone that's like, let's say from New York, they, they still have a very hard time believing that the government might or might not have had any sort of doing with the World Trade Center. Yeah, well, I, I I'm from Puerto Rico, and I I was raised in New York City, so my 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 whole life um until um I was about twenty twenty four and a half was 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 spent in New York City. So I am from New York City, and um 
Yeah, well, you're definitely you have people running around in New York City wearing masks in their home, thinking that they're going to catch COVID in their house, you know, and thinking that oh, if they do have COVID, that they don't want to pass it on to their children, so they're going to ma- wear a mask around their ch- child, their children, meaning that as they had said in the beginning, and this was from the the um the the, the attorney general um, for the United States, he said that um. COVID was asymptomatic in the beginning, meaning that, yes, if, if I was to breathe on you, you would catch it. If you were to touch something, you would catch it. It was about two months ago, he came out with Trump and they did, um, you know, they, 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 you know how Trump comes out every day and does his little, his lectures and his little lessons and he, had, he's always on YouTube. Just, the briefings, you know, right, right. Yeah, his little briefings every day. They came out and did a briefing where the attorney general went back and said that he apologizes to the world. He didn't have that much knowledge on COVID when it first came out, that it is not asymptomatic, meaning that if I did breathe on you, you would not be able to, to, to get it. It's not through through um, airborne transmission. So I catch a lot of these briefings, and if you do not catch them, you will miss a lot of the stuff that, that, that is said that is not posted on our, you know, Natural media, Fox 5 News, you know, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. There's so many things that they say in these briefings that, 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 uh, these news companies, these news, um, agencies will not broadcast on their televised platforms just to keep everybody, you know, uh, on a loophole, you know, everybody confused. They, the, the COVID is a big confusion and, um, it is something that, well, we'll, we'll get deep into that. We'll get deep into that, but that was basic, um, you know, my introduction and, um, yeah, you know, we're already about an hour in. We, we could jump right into COVID now that we've had that sort of a description, that brief description about 9-11 there. We got into it for a while and I appreciate that. Pretty wild stuff that you had to relive, um, this sort of experience every time we talk about it. Now, let me, um, there's one thing that I, uh, cause I have so much, um, detail right, for on- sure. On 9-11, where, um, where I know that I would just like to just brief really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. Cause, cause, um, it was just something that you said that a lot of people in New York City that they believe, um, they believe that, that the government didn't have nothing to do with it, that it wasn't a terror attack. Yeah, they believe the, the, the official narrative. Yeah. Right. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, there's a little excerpt, um, that I have on my channel. Um, I believe this is one of my excerpts that I just recently, that I put on 9-11 for, for my Instagram. There's a guy named Steve Jackson, right? In 1990, um, Steve Jackson, well, he was considered a role-playing inventor, right? He created a game called the Illuminati New World Order, um, for short. For short, um, it, it was, the game is called INWO. This is, um, this game is, it's basically cards. They're called the Illuminati cards, right? So. Right. I've seen right. those. It, yes. This was um, Steven Jackson. Um, he was the creator of these Illuminati cards. In 1990, he created these cards, right? Um, so these cards have information that relate to our time and, and beyond our time, you know, stuff that has to do with um, Secret Service agents, and, um, the Secret Societies. And, you know, there are a lot of um, prophesized predictions, pretty much. So his cards, um, well, and let me see. Um, yeah, in March 1st of 1990, um, Secret Service, they went to his home. They seized all of his properties. Um, he was accused of hacking, hacking, um, the government and, um, which was completely false. Um, you know, 
there was no narratives for him to be hacking the government. And in, in court, um, he, he filed a lawsuit. He was awarded $50,000 for one of the lawsuits and um, $250,000 in the second lawsuit in attorney fees as well. And the, the cards, you know, everything from, from troubles from that the world create, you know, this um, from the, the, the Illuminati's complete new world order, the Agenda 21, the panics, the wars, you know, the stuff that this 1% um, elite government hides from us. So one of his Illuminati cards, it shows, it says, it says, the twin, it shows two buildings, the Twin Towers, right? And it says 1995 on the card, right? The year 1995. And this is what his Illuminati card says, right? Um, and it shows the Twin Towers. Actually, you know what? Um, what is the link to your email, Michael? Is, is it at the Michael Deacon program? No, it's michaelendofdays at gmail.com. Michael End of Days. I'm going to send you this picture right now so you can pull it up for the people to see. I would definitely, definitely love for the people to see this. Sure. So it's Michael End of Days. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead and send that there and I'll um, throw that throw that up there for everyone in the chat. I just sent it to you right now. So now you should um two seconds, you should be getting it. And um if you could if you if you were if you're able to pull it up on your on your screen as well, if you're able to screen share that picture, that would be great. But um like I said, um but once again, Steve Jackson Steve Jackson. He created these cards in nineteen ninety, right? So this card, when you look at the picture, there's pictures that, and, and you're going to see it on the, the, the screen, the, the um, excerpt that I sent you with the screen share. It's going to show a picture of 9-11, which was one of the most um, um, prominent pictures of 9-11 at that time. And the picture of his Illuminati card that says um, 1995. And it now shows, I have it up, by the way. Okay. And you see the picture. It shows his depiction in 1995 of the Twin Tower and the explosion is the same exact um, prominent picture that was exposed of 9-11 at 9-11 during 2001. So this, this was an Illuminati card that was in his deck in 1990. So for this to be a coincidence, an exact coincidence, is, 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 is up to the people to decide. You know, it, 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 it's what you want to believe. You know, is this guy a prophet? Is the, 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 this guy, is he, was he a Nostradamus? Did he prophesize about this? And did he prophesize about these cards? Or did the Secret Service actually really did um, lock him up and arrest him and seize all of his things because he really did hack into their Agenda 21? And he had a picture of, of um, the picture is called Place Number Six. It's a picture of the Pentagon on fire during an explosion. And there's so many depictions of 9-11 that I have at that time from like movies and comic books that I will be putting up on my Instagram these next coming days. Um, and they're, they're, you know, they're they coming for of, you out there. There's just a lot of different. Yeah. Actually, I got my window open and, you know, they're going to get they're you. Coming for me. Yeah, they're coming for me. They're coming for you me. Better be careful out there. Yeah. But the one thing I tell people, um, Whoa. um, have you ever heard of Rabbi Finkelstein? I have not heard of um the, the rabbi. No, can't say. Rabbi, I have. Fink, rabbi Finkelstein. Um, you should play um one of his um, like he has a famous. This, he's a rabbi out of New York City. He's one of the most outspoken rabbis, probably of our time to today. Right. Um, 
he'll tell you about the Zionistic regime and what their plans are and so forth and so on. And he'll tell you that, like, they're not really worried about us. Who's they? They. They are the thems. Who, who are, are them? The, yes. They are the those guys. Yes. Who the, are these guys? Identify them. These guys are the ones that everybody always talks about and never brings into fruition. They never actually discuss who these people are. They always refer to them as the theys, like I just did, the thems and the those and those guys. These people are the 1% elites that control our government. These people are the ones who make all the implementations of what is going to go on in our world, in our society. These are the ones who have implemented the coronavirus into our society and will be, which uh, coronavirus is pandemic one. And they will be relinquishing COVID-19, which is pandemic two. And I will get into the two differences in the viruses because coronavirus and COVID-19 are two different things. Everybody thinks that they're one complete exact virus, which is completely inaccurate. But getting back into the days, the those, and the who these people are, there's a 1% elite that controls our government. They're the ones who run the Illuminati. Let's, let, let me take it a step further. When people, a lot of people refer to these people, they refer to their actions and not exactly who they are because they really don't know who they are. And they refer to what their implementations are, but they don't exactly know the implementations and, and what's really being, you know, put onto our society. And these negative, um, these negative, um, well, um, these negative things that are, that are going to come, you know, into fruition in our near future and have come into fruition. Because at one time, we were all conspiracy theorists. Conspiracy theory has been going on since, you know, past 50, 60 years, everybody's been talking conspiracies. Nowadays, most of these conspiracies have came into fruition and are in the verges of coming into fruition. So now there's no such thing as a conspiracy theory. Everybody's considered a crit critical thinker, such as D uh, David Icke. David Icke is a, he was considered one of the, considered one of the most, you know, prominent um, conspiracy theorists at, 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 of, at his time and of this time. And right now, people cannot wait for him to, you know, do an excerpt on YouTube, a little video or something where he's doing a little talking so they can run and hear what he got to say. Because a lot of the things that he did speak about have come into fruition and are in the processes. And, you know, people are just so on edge right now. And all, right now, there's no more such thing as a conspiracy theorist. We're, they're just straight critical thinkers. And right now, they're the, the, the thinkers that people are depending on. And these are the people such as myself that have always, um, you know, talked about the days and the those, the 1% elites, you know. And to bring enlightenment on, on this 1% elite, let's go, we're going to go into the societies. When people talk about the societies, they talk about Freemasons. They talk about Illuminatis and they're like, the Freemasons this, the Freemasons that. They're going to kill us. They run the world. The Illuminatis this, the Illuminati that. And that's as far as they get. You know, and then they start talking about the skull and bones. Then they talk, they talk about the boulets. And, you know, they talk about the, the inner organizations within the Freemasons and the Illuminati. And then they say, these are the guys running the government. And these are the guys we have to look out for and so forth and so on. And... One thing I have to say about all of those things is that when they say that these are the people that are implementing a lot of the stuff into our laws and our bylaws 
And um, these are the government officials, you know, that are, you know, indoctrinating these negative, you know, actions into our our lives and our, our, our world and our ways of living and thinking and so forth and so on. Yeah, they're right for that. But when they say that it's the boules and the skull and bones and the Illuminati, they're wrong for that, right? What people don't know, the Freemasons and the Illuminatis are not where the society stop at. Those are the two low, lower end um, organizations of the societies. There are five major societies. These five major societies are, we'll start with the low end of the societies, the Freemasons, the ones who have a bit more subjective power above the Freemasons are the Illuminati. The ones who are above the Illuminati and implement to the Illuminati, what they need to implement is the Bavarian Illuminati. When you want to go a little bit deeper beyond the Bavarian Illuminati and who gives them the implements, it goes into the Rosicrucians. That's the third highest ranking society. When you want to go into the Second highest rank in society above the Rosicrucians, you're talking about the Thule Society, T-H-U-L-E, a.k.a. the Hyperboreans or the Hyperborean Society. When you want to go into the number one major society, the ruling society that governs our inner earth to our outer earth, they rule our world from the inside out. This society is called the Vril Society, V-R-I-L, the Vril Society. These are the ones who are, who are our ruling government. These are the ones who control every society in the world. They're called the Vril Society because of what they stand for. They don't stand for robbing us and stealing from us and taking money from us and trying to be rich off of money. Money is nothing but a, a monetized fiat papered currency. It's a piece of paper. Once they take the monetization out this fiat piece of paper, it's just a blank piece of paper. It's nothing. It's nothingness. They don't care about nothingness. They can't do anything with nothingness. What they can do things with is with power. Power is what supersedes anything on this God-given planet. With power, you can manipulate anything. You can infiltrate anything. You can become the major source of everything. This is the God of the world. You want to have that godly power on this earth, on this world, in this universe, in our solar system. You have to have power. And this is what the society is based off of, power. What type of power? Power of the human race, power of law, power of government. Those things are, are partial of, of, of their, their necessities, but this is not what they're seeking. The power they seek is called Vril Energy, V-R-I-L Energy. The Chinese, they call it Qi. Um, I, I, I'm not too sure what the Hindus call it. And, and um, our American term for it is called Ethereal Energy. This is what they seek. This is energy of matter. This is not only energy of matter. This is high energy, a combination of Light matter with a higher combination of dark matter. Light matter is what we get from the sun, is what was given to us from our creator, our most high. This is, this is light energy. This is, this is alkaline energy. This is electromagnetic energy. This is considered 
energy from heaven, the light of heaven. This is this is um, heavenly energy. Dark matter is real energy. Real energy is energy harvest from the core of the earth. The Germans worship this. The Hindus worship this. The Jews worship this. Where we think the Nazi symbol is a disgrace. You, if you display a Nazi symbol, you're called an anti-Semist. You're called a Jew hater. You know, you're, you're, you're called a Nazi. If you have no bad negativity towards uh, this Nazi swastika. If you, if, if, if it doesn't do anything wrong to you, you're considered one of the most satanic people of the world. Now, let me explain something to you. The swastika is not a satanic symbol. It's not a satanic, well, it is a satanic symbol. I'll get into that. But the meaning of us thinking that it's a satanic symbol to the Jews, to, um, to the, to the Hindus, to the Chinese, to the Celtics, to the Buddhas, to the monks of Tibet. These people worship the swastika. The swastika, it's, it's known as the spinning cross. It's basically a cross, but let's say you took a cross and you put, you put a thumbtack on it and you put it on a, you put it on a board and now it can spin. When you see a cross spinning, you see the flared edges of the, the edges of the cross. So that's the, the Z formation of the swastika. It's the spinning edges of the outer perimeters of the cross. So it makes, it makes it look like double Z's, like one Z crossing the next Z. That's the spinning formation of this cross symbol. This cross symbol, it's a black cross. It's worn by the queen. It's worn by the Nazis. It was worn by the whole Hitler regime. The Jews worship the swastika. The, the swastika to them means, um, 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 black sun, energistic sun, God sun. They worship the Star of David. The Star of David is represented by the swastika, along with the pentagram. They call the pentagram the Star of David. It's still the pentagram. Um, it's represented by the black sun, the black cross. You look at the Queen of uh, Queen Elizabeth. You look at the the royal family. You look at the Rothschilds. You look at all of these um, German um, regimes. They all. You look at the Pope. You look at the Vatican. You look at the the his Catholic c cathedrals. You look at the the, the churches and and the the Catholic churches. Um, their garb all has this black cross on it. The black cross means black sun. The black sun is considered the Earth's core. The black sun is what they say. The it, 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 it is is what regenerates dark matter, dark energy. The real society lives within these realms of this Earth's core. They have the ability. To live this close to the Earth's core, they are able to harness this energy. This is satanic energy. This is Luciferian energy. This society were the ones who forecasted Hitler to the German army. They held a what do you call that? A incantation for prediction of who would run this this Nazi regime. The Nazi regime, the Nazi army, was an army. That was based off of the real society. This was something that, that they've brought into fruition. They created this regime, this army. The day Hitler was born, they ran an incantation that told them this was their next leader, their next ruler. They went to the family of Hitler, the mother of Hitler, the father of Hitler, which are Rothschilds. 
And we'll get into that in a little bit too. Hitler was a Rothschild for the people who don't know. For people who don't know who the Rothschilds are, but I'm quite sure anybody who watches this channel knows who the Rothschilds are to a T. But um, to people, like you said, who are new to the channel, the, Ro the Rothschilds are the world's bankers. They're the, they're the queen's bankers. They're of this royal bloodline. Now, we're, we'll still get into that. But we're, we're, get, we're just digging a little deeper, you know, into the mix of everything. This real society, the day, the day Hitler was born, predicted him as, the, as their next ruling um, subjector to, to give him a ranking to be the implementer. They, um, they do indoctrinated him to the parents, to his parents, the day of his birth. Since Hitler was a kid, he was taught by the Vril Society. He was taught the ways of, of, of the Vril. He was taught how to harness Vril energy. You're starting to lose the, the listeners, by the way. Um, if, if you are getting lost... You're starting to lose them, yeah. If you are getting lost, we're talking about the most major secret society in history. The one who controls the Illuminati, the one who controls the Freemason, the Vril Society. They're the ones who raised Hitler as a child. They're the ones who started the Nazi regime. They're actually called the Aryans or the Arianas. This is why uh, the Nazi regime is considered the Aryan nation. Their first society, all right, the Vril Society are their major society. Their children are the Thiel Society. The Thiel Society, they're considered the Hyperboreans. If you look into the Hyperboreans, so for people who are lost, let me explain something to you. If you go to my YouTube channel, Alkaline City, I've done a documentary on this. The documentary is called The Reptilians and the Council of Thirteen. These people were the first implementers of the Council of Thirteen. All of this is spoken about in my documentary. So, but we're just stuck on the real society because I want people to concentrate on real society. People want to know who's giving them COVID-19, who wants to, who's giving them coronavirus. There's this society. They're the number one society in the world. They run the Bavarian Illuminati. The Bavarian Illuminati runs the uh, American Illuminati. They run the Freemasons. They're above the Rosicrucians. They're the ones who tell the Theo Society, the Hyperboreans, what to do. The Hyperboreans are their kids, their grandchildren. They're the descendants of the Vril Society, a.k.a. the Nephilim. The Nephilim. The Nephilim are also known as the Men in Black. In our government, they're known as the Men in Black. Everybody has heard of the Men in Black, the secret organization that, um, that, that, that um, hides all the secret implementations um, that the government kind of outcast into the world accidentally. So if, if somebody does something accidentally and leaks some information, the men in black are the ones to clean it up. The men in black, their society is called the Thule Society, the T-H-U-L-E. They're also considered Hyperboreans. They're also called in the Bible, the Nephilim. These are beings that are 12 foot and above beings. Between 12, They stand between 12 foot and 14 feet. These are beings. I'm not saying that they're human beings. I'm not saying they're aliens. Because I don't believe in aliens, but one thing I do believe in is interdimensional beings. Interdimension. One thing is I believe in the Bible. Okay, so if which everly mostly um, half of you know this earth believes in their sort of Bible, and they believe in their creator and their God. The Jews, you know, they believe they they worship David. The Muslims worship Allah. You know, you know, um, the Christians worship you know Jehovah. The um, Catholics uh, worship the Jehovah God, you know. So I believe in the Bible and I believe in God. 
right? And if you believe in the Bible, you have to believe in the Nephilim. If you believe in, if you believe in God, if you believe in the Creator, if you believe in God, you have to believe in the Nephilim. If you believe in the Creator, you have to believe in the fallen angels. You have what to if you don't in believe Satan. in any of it? What about those you, folks out there? Then they don't. Then they cannot say they believe in a God. They're disqualified because from the they're race. They're disqualified because okay. the the term God comes from the Bible. The term God comes from the Bible. Nephilim comes from the Bible. Okay. The Watchers, the fallen angels, come from the Bible. Satan, Lucifer, the devil comes from the Bible. You cannot say that there's a devil, there's a Lucifer, there's a Satan. If you do not believe in the Bible, you cannot say. If you do not believe in spirits, interdimensional beings, you do not believe in the Bible because all of this stuff, the word spirit, interdimensional beings, these are subjected to the Bible. This comes from the Bible. So if you disregard any of this stuff and disqualify it, you're disqualified from someone who believes in a most high because the word, the most high comes from the Bible. Lord comes from the Bible. Anything that explains a creator, the word creator, comes from the Bible. Listen to what I'm telling you. If you do not believe in these words, you do not believe in the Bible. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't believe in that. I don't believe. So then you do not believe in the Bible. You don't believe in anything. That means you're you're a nothingless, uh, um, thoughted person. You have thoughts of nothing because everything that you believe in comes from the Bible. So you have to believe in this. And all of this stuff that I'm talking about, the real society, the fuel society, the fuel society, the hyperboreans, and nephilims. Yes, you believe all of them are responsible for all of the world's tragedies, correct? The men in black. If you look up the fuel society and you do research on them, you will see that they're part of our government. Our, not American government, they're part of our world government. If you look up real society, you will see they're the indoctrinators. They're the leaders of every secret society. They're the rulers. They're the Arianas. They're also Consider the watchers, the fallen angels. They were the ones that were casted out of heaven down onto the earth. They're the ones that the Bible speaks about that made it with the humans and had the baby. The, when they made it with the humans, their children were giants. Their children were the Nephilims. The real society are fallen angels. This is why you cannot hear from them. This is why you cannot see them. They're interdimensional beings. The Bible, if you do not believe in this, you do not believe in the Bible. The Bible says, they felt that they were casted out of heaven, along with Satan, Lucifer, onto our earth. It says they made it with humans, and they had 10 to 12 foot children. They were called the Nephilims. This is all in Sumerian text. If you do not believe in this, once again, you do not believe in the Bible. So when it speaks about the descendants of the Sumerians, then we get into our human race. We get into our people of our time. We are considered A negative, A positive, B positive, B negative, O negative, O positive. These are our blood types. This Aryan nation blood type from their descendants, because the Aryan nations were fallen angels. They have heavenly blood. Their blood is was of God. So they had superhuman blood. When they had children and they made it with the, the, the humans, they had the Nephilim. These 10 foot, 12 foot humans which are called the Theo Society. Because if you look up the Theo Society and do your research on it, they will come up. They're the second highest, most ranking secret society. They're called Hyperboreans. And they will tell you. What does Hyperborea mean? Hyperborea means beyond the poles. Beyond the poles. Because if you were to go to the North Pole today, there's a certain area of the poles you can go to. You can get up to the poles 
And that's where you're met by a secret military uh, organization, a secret military unit, and they will stop you. And they will tell you to turn around or you will be locked up and you will go to jail. Or they might shoot you on the spot, you know, sort of like Area 51. They do not allow you to go beyond the poles. This fuel society, if you do the research, fuel means hyperborea, hyperborean. Hyperborean because, once again, hyperborea is an area that is beyond the North Pole. It's the area that is segregated from the, from the average man. Like I said, you go to the North Pole, you cannot go beyond the poles. You cannot go to hyperborea. Do you believe the Earth is flat? Now, I, I, I believe the Earth is flat, but I believe, I believe the, I, I, I know how it is flat. I believe in what they call the hollow Earth. Amazing. Now, uh, um, there's one person that, um, I, I will, um, Mr. Deacon, um, I'm going to set you up with. He's one of my brothers. He runs a show called, um, the Bro Sanchez TV. Um, he has the Bro Sanchez podcast and he also has, uh, a channel called Flat Power TV. He's one of the most prolific, uh, flat power speakers on YouTube today for the conscious community. So he's a flat earther. Super flat earther. He's one of the most prolific, um, voices for flat earth on the YouTube community. He's one of my brothers. Um, we speak on a regular basis. Um, I have his personal info. He has mine. We've done shows together. We combat with each other at times, you know, because he's really into, um, ancient cosmology. Oh my. So he will teach you on ancient cosmology and he will break it down to you. And if you want to get into flat earth, he will explain to you the flat earth, but he knows my takes on it and he knows how I go into hollow earth because hollow earth, do I believe it's a, um, some people call it Argatha. So the, the, the monks in Tibet, they, they consider it Shambhala. Do I believe it's a, um, a earth that we can go and live ourselves? No, I know that for a fact. It's not. This is why the Arianas, the fallen angels, the watchers that were casted down from Satan that made it with the humans and, and, and created the Nephilims, the men in black, the Theosocite, the Hyperboreans. This is why they've migrated down into the inner earth. They, they have, they're in touch with the people of Tibet, the monks. That's why if you would go, if you would go into their temple in Tibet, they have a gated area that, um, where it has these big doors that's a, supposedly the entryway to Shambhala. They do not allow anyone entry into that, into those doors and to, um, explore, you know, into those regions of the earth. They completely have it shut it out. Now it says they have opened those doors to certain societies. These are the real societies. These are the only ones that can live in the inner earth, in the Argatha, in the Shambhala, because this is a, very, the climate, the climate is very hot down there. It's extremely hot. You know, we would suffocate. We would, you know, uh, probably deteriorate, you know, getting close to the earth's core. They absorb energy and they get life. They get satanic life. They get, um, they get ethereal energy. This is their real energy. This is what they harness. This is, this is what keeps them alive. This is, this is what makes them so powerful. This is why you can never defeat this 1% elite because these, these are angels that fell from heaven. People don't believe that they're still alive. Do you think that at the time that they were casted out of heaven and they came to the earth and they had kids, that they automatically disintegrated from our planet? But the average human being who is a powerless human, we're not a superhuman being. We're a regular human being. 
we were born with superhuman powers and superhuman abilities, but we were deprived the ways to harness our full potential, you know, our ethereal energy, our real energy, our uh, our heavenly energy. We were compromised and, and through our neurons, through our biological systems, compromised um, biologically for us to not be able to harness our superhuman abilities. By, and, and, and this was indoctrinated um, as their implementations by the Vril Society. Their leader is Lucifer, Satan. When they were casted out of, out of heaven, they were in war with, with our God, our Most High, with their brothers and sisters, their fellow brother angels and fellow sisters. They've sided with Lucifer, with Satan, with this demonic entity. And they, they went to war with um, our Most High. You know, our Lord, our, 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 our Savior, our God, they went to war with our Messiah. They, they, they warred with them in heaven. Because of this war, they were casted out of heaven. But they were casted down onto this planet. They did not just disappear. And the human race, during the same amount of time, are still here to this day. No, they did not um, 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 vanish. They did not diminish. They migrated. They've migrated into areas where they privatized. They've migrated into the Shambhala, the Agartha. That's the, that's the Arianas. That's the Vril Society. The Theo Society, their, their sons, their, their grandchildren, their descendants. These Nephilims, these Hyperboreans, they don't have the complete energy to live in the inner earth as well. So they migrated to Hyperborea. They migrated beyond the poles. They say if you go beyond the poles, the weather is beautiful. It's almost like like the climate of Hawaii or in the Caribbeans, where it's like sort of springish summertime weather. They say it's not like if you go beyond the poles, it's not like Antarctica with these below freezing temperatures. They say once you get a path, go past the poles, beyond the poles into Hyperborea, the climate of the region is perfect. This is where they can where where the abundance of natural fruits and vegetables um, grows uh, abundantly because of the soil. By the way, we have a question for you if you want to answer this one from the yes, chat. I can. Uh, no Dr. Worries. Strange Love is asking, can you ask him if this Nephilim send Columbus to the Americas? The Nephilims did. The, Nephil- the Nephilims, Christopher Columbus was satanic. He was, he, was, he was ran by the queen. Amazing. By Queen Elizabeth. The queen is part of the Council of Thirteen. Let me let me let me go through the Council of Thirteen to everybody. The Council of Thirteen are all right. The Nephilims had children. Their children are the Rosicrucians. The Rosicrucians are they're the they're considered the Council of Thirteen. They're the descendants of the royal bloodline, meaning that their royal bloodline. Is the blood of the fallen angels. They have superhuman blood. The, the bloodline descended from the fallen angels, the Arianas, the Vril Society, to the Theo Society. From the Theo Society, their bloodlines, um, descended into the Rosicrucians. The Rosicrucians are, they're not 10 to 12 feet tall. They're, they're average human size. They still have superhuman ability. They, they, they're not aliens. They're interdimensional beings. They're the ones that are considered the reptilians, the shapeshifters of the earth. The, the ones that are, you know, the ones that are, 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 are controlling everything that, that, that the president says and that Congress does. 
These are the Rosicrucians. The Rosicrucians are called the Council of 13. They're basically humans that have this royal bloodline, this, this, this angel bloodline that was descended down from their aunt, from their great grandfathers, their, their ancestors of the Vril Society to the, their fathers and mothers of the Vril Society, the Nephilims, and to the Rosicrucians. The Rosicrucians are the, they're called the Council of 13. The Council of 13 are when they, they're, they're in full human form, average human, you know, 5'8 to 6'5, six, 6'4, six, whatever their sizes are. They range in size, but they're in natural human size. They're the, they're the 1% elite that control our government. They're called the Council of 13. They're, they're, um, the Rosicrucian society because they're the first descendant to the, to the, to the human. Of this, of this royal bloodline. Why is it called the royal bloodline? Once again, we're A positive, B positive, A negative, O positive. This royal bloodline is considered RH negative. They're a RH negative blood. That's the, that's their, 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 their blood, um, genome structure. It's called RH negative. This is the royal bloodline. Let me go into the royal bloodline families. Let's start with the first family. It's called the Aster. The second family are the Bundys. The third family, this is the count. These are the Rosicrucians. These are the Council of Thirteen. The Aster, one, two, the Bundys, three, the Collins, four, the Duponts, five, the Freeman, six, the Kennedys, seven, the Lee, L-I, the Lee, eight, the Anassas, nine, the Rockefeller, ten, the Rothschilds, eleven, the Russell, twelve, the Van Duen. And 13, the Merovin, um, the Merovigian, Merovingian, Merovingian, or Merovingian. Um, if I'm mispronouncing it, enunciating it improperly, Merovingian or Merovingian. That's the 13th bloodline. These are all the 13 bloodlines. This is the Council of 13. This is, um, the 1% elites. Now, this 1% elites, they do have children. Their children are considered the committee of 300. The committee of 300 are what make up the next society underneath them, which is the Bavarian Illuminati, which also crosses over into the American Illuminati and the Freemasons. Now, this Council of 13 are broken down into organizations. These 13 bloodlines are broken down into organizations. This organization is considered the Round Table. The Round Table are a few different organizations. Um, as of the Trilateral Commission is one of the organizations, the Bilderberg Group, the um, Council of Foreign Relations, the Club of Rome. These societies, organizations, are what make up the the um, Round Table. Now, they've this council had 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 children. They've had children. Their children have have had grandchildren, which still have this Rh negative bloodline. Their children make up. Um, the Bavarian Illuminati to our American Freemasons, to our American Illuminati. Their committee is called the Committee of 300. This Committee of 300 are, this Committee of 300 are the, the conglomerates that make up all the conglomerated organizations that are implemented into the evil doings of our earth, such as the DuPonts, the, the, um, Teslas, the McDonald's Corporation, the Pepsi Corporation, the Wendy's Corporation, the 3M Corporation. These are the conglomerate 
corporations of the Committee of 300. This is where all the evil doings come into play. They make decisions on what we should eat. They make decisions on what we should breathe. They make decisions on what we should wear, on, on what we should look, on, on how we should think. They're, they own institutions. Every institution in the, in the world, they own. Institutions meaning the public library, the, the courts, the, the, um, the, the police committees, the banks, the libraries, the churches, the, um, the airports, the train stations, any metro facility. Anything that the hospitals, the schools, anything that's an institution, they run, they organize. So they are the voters. They are the ones who cast votes. Where we think we have rights and we can cast a vote and our vote counts. That's just one of their implementations. That implementation is a, um, it's a confusion act, is a act for them to confuse the human population is an act for them to make us think we have authority in society, to make us think that we have judgment, that we have power. So when we vote, we feel like that we're really going to make a change. We feel like we have um, DFS, uh, Donovan says, was Kobe's death accidental? No, it wasn't. It was part of this implementation. It was part of the Agenda 21, and I will, I will get into the Agenda 21. But we're talking about this society and what they do. Yeah, we're going to have to wrap this up pretty quickly here. Not, not the show with the, with this topic though. We are sort of dragging behind. We, we got to move this forward here. Okay. So we'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll cut this topic short. Yeah. We got to, we got to cut here. Before, before we, we cut this topic short, uh, the, if you look at the ruler of the Illuminati, the name of the ruler of the Illuminati is called the Pindar. If you look up the definition of Pindar, Pindar means lizard king. Now, once again, people say, well, how does this tie to Hitler? How was he a Rothschild? Well, I, I ran through the, the, the 13 bloodlines, the Council of 13, the RH negative bloodlines, and the Rothschilds were one of the bloodlines. Let's go into Hitler's father. Hitler's father, his name is Alois Hitler. Alois Hitler. Alois Hitler was the son of Lionel Nathan Rothschild. So Hitler's grandfather's name was Lion, Lionel Nathan Rothschild. Lionel Nathan Rothschild's son was Alois Hitler. Alois Hitler is the father of Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler is the grandson of Lionel Nathan Rothschild. Okay? And that's Hitler's ties into the, the um, RH negative bloodline, this, this royal bloodline. This is what they care about. They don't care about the average human. These people, they um, have incest with each other just so that they can maintain this purity in their blood, so that they can maintain this DNA structure, this code, this RH negative code. They, they feel anytime their RH negative blood is cross, it's cross uh, um, genetic with another DNA, they feel they call that tainted blood. They'll do anything to relinquish their bloodline. This one, they're, they're called 1%. 1% meaning there's only, there's 8.6 billion people on this earth. There's only between 400 to about 600 million of them. So out of 8 billion people on this earth, 8.6 billion, 8 billion are non-RH negative, are the actual human race, our race. The other 600 million, that 1% elite are of the RH negative bloodline. They're the rulers of this earth. 
And now we can uh, move over into our next topic. Um, do you mind if we go into the Agenda 21? Yeah, we we have to um, move along here. But yes, let, let's talk about Agenda 21 for a few uh, minutes here. That would be um, fantastic. And that's the end game, correct? The end game, correct. The Agenda 21 is the pandemic, the coronavirus. Okay, this this uh, implement the Agenda 21 is a is a is a, a default implementation. Okay, this these societies, this one percent, their forefathers gave them a, a, an escape code, a backup plan. Their escape code, their backup plan was that if one day everything that they're trying to do for their society gets out of whack, gets compromised by the hu- by, by the human race, by the regular bloodline, by the original average American, by by we're God's children. We're 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 the descendants of, of Adam, you know, the descendants of Eve. They're the descendants of Cain. They come, they're the descendants of, of the watchers, the fallen angels, because they're Zionists as well. And these are the Jesuits and they represent they represent um the a murderous bloodline. They're the the and, and Rabbi Abe Finkelstein has spoken about this. Their father is Cain. Their father was the first murderer in history. Their father that they represent this Jesuit Zionistic regime, which is under the Rosicrucians, which is our American and partial Bavarian Illuminati with our Freemason society. So they're Zionist. They're they're the Agenda 21 is to make this a one-world Zionistic government. Okay, the Agenda 21 is is the end game in in in, in totality and whole. Agenda 21, the uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a constructed blueprinted plan. This plan was well well thought of. It, it started. It was a escape code plan by their forefathers in the 1960s. The reason for this was before the 1960s, and I believe 1962. Was about the time the classes additionalized, meaning there were only two classes at one time. There was the high class, low class, rich class, poor class. That was it. It was about the time of 1962 during the Neolithic Revolution and right after the assassination of JFK, Malcolm X, and Martin Luther King. There was a lot of rioting. Um, the next thing that happened was a baby boom crisis. People started warring against the government. You know, Woodstock came. You know, people started. You know, you know, um, the because the the World War II, all of this was was uh, another depopulation process. So everything at the time was the was was going was was according to the Neolithic Revolution, and um, you know, like I said, it was after um, uh, you know, the assassination of of. You know these these uh, high end people, the Malcolm X, the Martin Luther Kings, the JFKs. People started, you know, saying love, not hate, and every everybody started just. This became something worldly, you know. Peace, the peace sign became relevant, and you know, Bob Marley started um, singing music, you know, and you had John Lennon, and you had the Beatles, you had all of these people singing music that were against war, you know. It was war, not peace. You know, and people started loving more, and this caused a, a a baby boom crisis. This is what they call it: the baby. If you go into the um, Behold the Pale Horse, uh, Michael Cooper's Behold the Pale Horse, he speaks about this. He speaks about this 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 whole revolution during the Neolithic Revolution. It started the baby boom crisis. So the baby boom crisis brought brought more 
um, um, people into the world. You know, this brought the. It's something like this. Let's say the a person that smokes a cigarette every day. They're they're absorbing cigarette smoke inhalation every day. Their system is getting congested, but they only smoke a cigarette a day. So they're dying, but they're not dying as much as a person that smokes a cigarette back to back. Now, if a person smokes a cigarette back to back, back to back, back to back, their immune system is getting congested even more. They're fully congested. This person is suffocating their inner organs a lot more than the person having the one cigarette per day. So this person is dying a lot faster. So during this Neolithic revolution, the baby boom crisis, this 1% elite felt that the world was being suffocated by humans, that the more people come into fruition, the more oxygen depletes from the earth. So the more congested the earth becomes. So now they have something, these elites have something called the doomsday clock, where this clock, this clock, it's in Nassau. They have it in their Nassau facility. This clock is supposedly a clock that predicts the end game of the world, the end time of the world. You're talking about the doomsday clock, yes. Yes, the doomsday clock. And this clock, you know, when there's a baby boom crisis, this clock speeds up and the scientists see this. So when they see that they can cause something to cause uh, uh, a taint in our society and, and uh, implement like some sort of depopulation increase to our society, the clock slows down. The more congested the earth becomes of human population, the more oxygen decreases from our earth and they feel the more the earth is being deprived of, 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 of life. So their end goal what what their one of their theories on their end goal is is to keep the earth as alive as long as they can so they can continue on with their technology and, and you know implementing you know whatever they can you know first of all they have to implement laws to the human population they live this this society lives off of energy energy comes from minerals we live when god created the human race now, I'm going to explain something to people, why I'm called Alkaline City. Okay, my name is Alkaline City. I'm, I'm an uh, entrepreneur. I'm a philanthropist. Um, I'm an advocate. I'm an activist. I, I, I activate for a person called Dr. Sabi and his teachings. I advocate for him. I live an uh, 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 electric lifestyle. This is called a cell food lifestyle, a plant-based lifestyle, an alkaline electric lifestyle. What is the what does alkaline mean? Alkaline means electromagnetic energy. Electromagnetic energy. When God created the first humans, whether it was Adam and Eve, Samantha and Bob, you know, Harry and Sally, whoever were the first humans that were created on this planet, they were created with this electromagnetic energy. This energy is the basis of our human biology. This energy is the real ethereal energy. This energy is the real, real energy. We carry this energy. These elites are about harnessing energy. Each human carries this godly energy, this alkaline We're running out of time energy. here, by the way. I'm going to have to stop this conversation. I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program, my friend. I had a great time with you here and I do want to uh, continue the conversation with you, but I'm going to have to invite you back on, my friend. 
Okay, so we'll 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 cut this um shorter. But before we end this program, you know, because there's so much we can get yeah, into. There's a lot oh, to Michael. talk to tonight. Yes, no doubt. Go ahead. Yeah, and there's so so much further we can go with it. But just to cut it short, um, so we harness this energy. This is our human bio- biology is created off this energy. Our human biology is ran by something called our pH balance. Our pH balance is ran through numbers. The numbers are zero to fourteen. Okay. Seven is neutral. That's the neutral balance. That's the medium. That's the middle of this balance. 6.9 to zero is the acidic side of, of our balance. That, that side is called, uh, acidosis. 7.1 to 14 is the side that God created us in. This is the side of, of this alkaline energy. This is our alkaline side. The average human was created between the likes of a 7.2 on a pH scale to a 9.8 on a pH scale. We were, we were, we were born alkaline humans, meaning that when, when we eat, we live off of natural minerals. Our body lives off of things that are alive, that have this alkaline electric energy. The only thing that has alkaline electric energy are natural fruits and vegetables. If something is unnatural, if something is not a fruit or vegetable and it's just a something called a food, it's, it's not it wasn't put down on this earth by our God, our creator. It's not um, alive. It doesn't have these natural minerals. It's mineralless. It's something called acidic, which is acidity. Acidity is the basis for disease. Disease is what kills us. When our bodies are become acidic, we get anything from the common cold to cancer, to AIDS, to diabetes, to sickle cell anemia, to every disease in the world, to the coronavirus. When our body is in an alkaline state, Disease cannot exist. So if you have something like AIDS, sickle cell anemia, cancer, diabetes, coronavirus, and you converted your body into an alkaline state, all of these diseases will diminish. They will evaporate out your system. You will live in a disease-free state. That's God's state. The alkaline state on the pH balance is the state of God. The state of acidity, the 6.9 to below state, the state of disease of coronavirus and all these other diseases is the state the state of 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 Lucifer, of Satan himself. All right. Thank you, my friend. We're going to have to cut you off here. But again, thank you so much for being a part of the program. Uh, Yes, that's all good. Don't worry. I I know you have things to do. We got shit to do here. Don't worry. But yes, I do want to thank you for being a part of the program. Check them out, Alkaline City, and we'll talk to you soon. Yep, Alkaline City on email, Alkaline uh, on on 2018 on Gmail, Alkaline City on YouTube, Alkaline City on Instagram. Mr. Deacon, we'll run a part two, a part we three, definitely a part will. four, and a part five. We will. Don't worry. Other than that, um, I appreciate um everybody who came out in the chat room. Thank yes. you guys for showing up. Um, and thank you guys for your time, Mr. Love Deacon. That. Once again, the opportunity, the was highly appreciated. The honor you is all mine. And you have a beautiful night. It was fun. Thank you so much. We'll do it again, my friend. Take care. God bless. Good night. God bless. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Check him out, Alkaline City. And yes, he has lots to say. Very excited here tonight, as we all are. And of course, we do have the prayer before we cast off here tonight. I know many of you have been waiting for this one. So here we go. Put your hand on that television set. Oh, my. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is for those with covid Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to get rid of COVID for you. Don't worry. He received your healing. Receive yes. that healing. Now, say it. I take it. I take it. I have it. I have it. It's mine. It's, it's mine. mine. 
I thank you and praise you for it. Yes. And I forgive if I have aught against any. And I praise you that I'm well and whole. Praise, praise baby Jesus. Yes. According to the word of God. According to the word of God. I'm healed. I'm healed now. And I consider not my own body. Yes, I consider yes. not my own body. I consider not symptoms in my body. I consider not symptoms in my body. But only that which God has promised. Only that only which that God, which God, God has Only that what the Word has said. Only that, that what the Word And by His stripes I was healed. And by His stripes I am healed now. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed and the devil's trying to give me the flu. Right. Or whatever else kind of thing he's trying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> healed and well. Yes. In the sweet name, name of, Jesus. of Jesus. I feel better already. Yeah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. My, oh my God. I forget about the hallelujah part all the time though. That, that just frighten, frightens me all the time. And uh, yes, that was our friend, Mr. Kenneth Copeland. Great guy. Yeah. I think he's a great guy. I've never met him, but I'm sure he's not too bad, right? And of course, we should finish this off with a little bit of Wherever a Paula White. I go, God rules. God rules, yes. When I walk on White House grounds, God walks on White House grounds. That's right. I had every right and authority to declare the White House as holy ground because I was standing there and where I stand. I wonder if that's offensive to anyone, by the way, claiming that the White House is, is holy grounds. Can you believe that? Holy grounds. And is holy. say no to President Trump would be saying no to God. And and I won't do that. We are in a spiritual war right now. A spiritual war. demonic network that has aligned itself against the purpose, against the calling of President Trump. Let it be broken. Let it be torn down in the name of Jesus. You want me to tell you what my thoughts are? The thoughts of the King of Kings. The there thoughts we go. of the Lord of Lords. I'm downloading heaven. Yeah, thanks for heaven. subscribing, yeah. For Jesus. The fuck is she saying? I kind of know I'm a little bit cute, all right? A little bit cute. Paula, who is pretty. Well, maybe I'm not going to be pretty when I'm 90 years old. Here's this former messed up Mississippi girl. Lived in a trailer that they called Trailer Trash. Trailer Trash. Daddy committed suicide. Got pregnant out of wedlock. Mm. Been married. Been divorced. I mean, this audio never gets old. You know, twice. People go, well, how'd you become the spiritual advisor of the president? We'll get to that later. It's all in there. Michael Jackson, Kid Rock, the president. Michael Jackson. All in there, all right? Thank you, Paula. What a great job you do, evangelicals. <laughs> Love that. You are more popular than ever with the evangelicals. You're the only one. And she'll tell the truth. She'll only tell the truth. Southern California is looking at, well, there's already law that's passed through the governor that says the Bible is a book of hate speech and to ban the sale of it. Snapchat was created as the largest human trafficking because the greatest people on there were human traffickers because the FBI and because intelligence could not do it because it's live and it's real time and they can track your kid and in less than a second and take them. Oh, There's shit. a Department of Treasury in heaven. God is watching over everything you do and you are storing up eternal treasure that will go so far beyond, I think, that we can even begin to imagine. Do you need to send in $3,500? And that was Paula White. Give her a hand, ladies and gentlemen. That was fantastic. And of course, looking at the clock now, my goodness, time has flown right by. And I do want to thank all of you out there this evening. Thanks for being a part of the program yet again. That was quite an interesting show, I have to say. 
And remember, you can get a hold of me via Twitter or the chat room at Michael Deacon. Send me a message there, and I'll do my best to respond to you. And don't forget, if you are a hardcore listener of the program and want to fund this show, please direct yourself to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And uh, that is where you'll find more content, bonus content. Yes, Twatter. Get a hold of me on Twatter. That's at Michael Deacon. And of course, if you want to donate via PayPal, go to michaeldeacon.com. Any amount is good. And I'll also throw you a bone. I'll send you some episodes from Patreon. Hope you get through the night. And for those that have already signed up for Patreon, I do want to thank all of you out there for that. I get plenty of emails from you in regards to Patreon. You guys really like those episodes. Me too. Those have been fun. Once again, patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. International listeners out there, thank you so much for your support. I really do mean that. You can find the podcast rendition of this program on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, and uh, Stitcher. You can find this program pretty much anywhere. Any of the uh, popular podcast platforms, maybe even Spotify, unless they remove the show already. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. This was fascinating as usual, and I'll try to return again very soon. Hopefully tomorrow or Monday, you will hear back from me. I promise it's been fun doing these shows yet again. And uh, my God, can you believe it? It was just the anniversary of 9-11 just yesterday. My God. How time flies. And I do want to thank those in the chat. Victoria, Robert, Wilfred, Bacon, Donovan. Yes, I see all of you out there. And I do want to thank um, everyone out there who hung out with us tonight. Those who donated. I saw Christina donate. That was lovely. Love that. I appreciate all of you out there who have donated and signed up, as I just mentioned earlier. Keep doing that. It really encourages, encourages me to keep pushing forward with the program. Oh, yeah. Keep donating, and I'll keep doing shows, no doubt. And I do wish all of you the very best. I don't want to, I don't want any of you to get sick. I don't want any of you to get the flu. don't want any of you to get the AIDS, the cancer, the diabetes. So now is the time to boost your immune systems and take everything seriously. Take your health seriously. That's all we've got. Stay away from everyone, people. And Kimberly, yes, good night to you. And yes, we, we do miss Mike. He will return as well. Don't worry. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody.